0: Hi, this is Joseph with Sci Fi Graveyard, hosted by The Heart of Geek. Before we get started with tonight's episode, I know things are still crazy right now. I know a lot of people are still suffering with anxiety and depression. I am one of those people. And I just want you to know that there are people who care about you, there are people that love you, whether it be a suicide prevention hotline or your best friend or your family member. Please reach out to someone and talk to them. Know these three things you are not crazy, you are not alone and secrets do make you sicker. So please reach out and talk to someone. Again, please. uh, We we do care about you, and we want to make sure that everyone's safe and happy and healthy moving forward. Thank you. Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of ...listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. What is time? Is it a predator? Is it a companion? What if you could go to a place where the predator had no teeth? What if that place could show you what you could have or had? Join us as two captains from two generations come together to boldly go. Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Graveyard. This is Joseph Gettinger joined with Steven, Josh, and Jeremy. We are at the Heart of Geek. And tonight we're going to be start, uh, talking about the seventh film in the Star Trek franchise, Star Trek Generations. Uh, the Star Trek Generations was the first film to feature the TNG cast Uh, they they kind of started filming it kind of as they were shooting as they were the last Star Trek All Good Things uh, Star Trek The Next Generation All Good Things and Star Trek Generations was released in 1994 and I'm just looking up the release date because I forgot to add that but I do believe it was in November of 94. I remember that's when I saw it in theaters. Um, and I'm not, look, I'm not seeing it yeah, right off the bat. November so 18th, '94. There we go. So just some quick trivia. Or I say quick, but there's a lot here. Um, and then we'll discuss what we liked, what we didn't like about the movie. And um, this trivia is <laughs> kind of jumping around because I just kind of got it from two sources. I got it from... IMDb, and I got it from Memory Alpha, which I don't know if y'all are familiar with Memory Alpha. Stephen probably is. Um, Memory Alpha is basically a website devoted to the uh, Alpha canon, or main canon of the Star Trek universe, all the way from Enterprise through the Next Generation, and probably now including Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Sorry. Sorry. Throat's a little dry. So at the beginning of the movie, you all noticed that there was a bottle of champagne floating through space, getting ready to strike the hull of the USS Enterprise, uh, NCC-1701B. That bottle was Dom Perignon. So Dom Perignon still exists in the Star Trek universe as late as 2293, which is when the prologue of this movie takes place. It takes place um, the same year in Star Trek... Canon as Star Trek six, So they actually, it's like a few months later or later that year. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it marked. So this takes place after the United Federations and the Klingons signed the, the Kinmer Accords. As we know from watching uh, yesterday's Enterprise, it was still, you know, the Klingons and the Federation were still working on their peace treaty. But um, the Enterprise A was retired in 2293, as well as the launch of the USS Enterprise. Now, the Enterprise B is an Excelsior-class vessel, which is named after the first in its class, which is the USS Excelsior, which made its debut in Star Trek III, the search for Spock, and was seen in Star Trek VI. Now, this was the same model as that Excelsior, but if you notice that the model was Modified, uh, The model was modified t- to be like a variant of the Excelsior class, but it was mostly modified. So when the Enterprise B was struck by the ribbon cable, uh, which sends Kirk into the Nexus, it was done to not damage the main part of the Excelsior model. So that was literally why they they made it look like the way they made it. Uh, let's see here. So, as you know, in the movie, Kirk has a love interest named Antonia, and this was originally supposed to be Dr. Carol Marcus because this does take place in year 2282 when he's on the farm. And when uh, – I'm sorry, not 2282. He, part of it does take place in 2282. That's when he's riding the horse from the farm when he meets her. Uh, the breakup is actually in 2284 to – captain kirk and that's when he's going back to starfleet so this takes place in between star trek the motion picture and star trek II: the wrath of khan which star trek II: the wrath of khan takes place in 2285 um and that could also tie into kirk feeling old going into <laughs> star trek II, and feeling young by the end of that movie uh let's see here and i'm just skipping around so i do apologize and those and all that information was- uh, was from memory alpha, so that's where I got those dates and from. Uh, the main villain is Tolian Soren, played by Malcolm McDowell. he's actually got a link to Star Trek outside of Star Trek Generations. He is the maternal uncle of Alexander Sitting, who played Dr. Julian Bashir on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, this was the first movie to have a website created to promote it. The site was launched at generations.viacom.com on October twenty eighth, nineteen eighty or nineteen ninety four, three weeks before the release of the movie. Uh, like I said, it was originally his love interest, supposed to be Carol Marcus. However, Paramount was like, "No, change it. It can't be Carol." Um, and uh, the holodeck scene where Worf is promoted to lieutenant commander after seven years. <laughs> um, it's not the only promotion he gets. If you noticed on the the bridge, uh, he actually has a seat in this movie, so he's not standing all those hours, hunched over the wooden railing of the tactical console. Uh, but however, in the holodeck scene, Troy, when she goes over to Picard, once Picard finds out about the loss of his brother Robert and nephew René, uh, she gives the ship's helm to an elderly man. This is actually the captain of that sailing ship. The ship's name is actually the Lady in Washington and it's owned by the Grays Harbor Historical Seaport in Aberdeen, Washington, which was used in filming this scene. Uh, this also has a tie to Disney as this was the ship portrayed the Interceptor in Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, okay. So, anyone, yeah. Uh Also, when Worf is dropped into the water and you see him climbing up the side of the ship, you notice that his knees are red. That's because they had painted the ship for the scene to turn it into the Enterprise, uh, but the paint wasn't dry yet. So that's actually paint on his knees when he's climbing up and tries to catch um, Dr. Crusher. (laughs) So if you notice, also in the movie... uh, they're, they use the DS9 uniforms as well as the TNG uniforms. Uh, only Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner had custom DS9-style uniforms made for them. Jonathan Frakes is actually wearing Avery Brooks' DS9 uniform, and that's why his sleeves are rolled up because his aren't, the sleeves weren't long enough. And if you noted, notice, LaVar Burton is also wearing a DS9 uniform at some point, and you could tell he looks really frumpy in it, like it's too big. That's because he's wearing Cole Uniform who played Chief O'Brien, and so you could tell that they don't fit right. And it's also why, and I probably just repeating myself, it's also why his, Riker's sleeves are rolled up. Why in the movie.
1: hell didn't they have their own? Like, that's weird how they would use the it other,
0: was, <laughs> yeah, like I
1: guess trying to
2: save to
0: save time to save money, yeah, yeah, to save lot, money. It looks like it was more they, so
2: time, they didn't have yeah, time to make like the, we don't have time that for that, too.
0: and they were, they were actually going to create new uniforms that looked like an amalgam of the TOS and TNG uniforms. but they, And if you find figures from this movie, you'll see Picard in that uniform, and, but they were scrapped at the last minute. And so they went. it was probably a time issue and a cost-cutting issue, to be honest with you. Uh, Kirk's, as we know, this is the movie made famous for killing Captain Kirk and instead of dying on the bridge a bridge landed on him so Kirk died underneath a bridge (laughs) Uh, the original death scene was supposed to be where Kirk gets shot in the back by Soren. however negative reactions to the test screenings caused them to reshoot the reshoot it yeah
1: I heard about that didn't you you mention that in one of the other ones too or something I think that we were talking about yeah I
0: think I did yeah um, if you noticed the enterprise bridge looks different in this movie from the previous episode, which aired like the show ended in June and this movie came out in November. So it was like maybe not even a six month gap between the films, the show and the ending and the film beginning or uh, premiering. But if you notice that the enterprise bridge is different, the bridge was heavenly inspired by the bridge from the episode yesterday's enterprise where the ship was designed to be more of a battleship as opposed to a ship for exploration. And so they took a lot of those design elements and updated the bridge. And they also took some cues from the future Enterprise bridge from All Good Things as well in that design. So they incorporated a lot of things to make the bridge look nicer for a studio. The um, Enterprise model, the six-foot one that they used in the show, had to be completely redone to stand up to the lighting of a movie. And as we know, this is also the movie where they not—they desi- destroyed the Enterprise D. Uh, they actually assumed at one point that the next Enterprise would still be a galaxy-class starship as opposed to the sovereign class we see in First Contact. So they actually took the studio model, made new markings with the registration number, 1701E. And I've, you can actually see pictures of this online. Um, but the producers wanted a new look for the ship. They probably wanted a new ship mostly because they wanted a ship that looked film friendly. And I think I read that in an interview with John Eves uh, back in the day when first contact was coming out, but the producers wanted a new look and the ship was completely newly designed. The old enterprise D actually, someone old owns it and it was sold for uh, just over half a million dollars. Damn. And the, the last bit of trivia I'm going to go into is the horse, the house, and the farm all seen in this movie actually were William Shatner's. He owned them, so oh, I'm not yeah, really surprised that. about that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I probably knew that at one point, but I forgot. And the only other thing to mention is when Data sings the song "Life Forms," "Life Forms." Yeah. Uh, that's actually an ad lib by Brent Spiner. So everyone's looks on their face is real. <laughs> um david the director kept it in because he he was so amused with it um and that's actually all the trivia that i decided to use in this one uh sorry i skipped around usually i try to order it a little bit better or at least read it in order but i decided to change things up (laughs) and i failed but anyway let's talk about star trek generations as we know it was released in 1994 this is one of the ones we said previously that or i said previously it feels kind of like an extended episode um originally they were going to have the whole TOS crew and then it was going to be like McCoy and Spock and Kirk, but Leonard Nimoy didn't want to do it because the dialogue could be said by anyone thus proving his point. It was all said by Scotty. Um, this is actually when DeForest Kelly sadly was in super poor health and was unable to get insurance to be in the movie. So that's why Dr. Dr. McCoy is no longer, was no longer in it. And he was of course replaced by Chekhov. Mm. Yeah. Um, Beta Canon trivia for y'all. Sorry, I said I was done, but it just popped in my head while we we're about to start the movie. In Beta Canon, uh, Demora Sulu, who we meet on the bridge of the Enterprise B, she actually becomes captain of the Enterprise at some point. Just thought that is something interesting to know in the novels. She becomes captain when John Harriman leaves. But there's really no there's really no alpha canon to what happens to the Enterprise. So she was either destroyed or retired. Uh obviously before the Enterprise C was launched, which was seen in yesterday's Enterprise. So um who would who would like to go I normally I go first, but who would like to go first and give their what they liked about Star Trek Generations?
1: Well, I guess I will. But anyway, like uh, my whole thing is is that I've seen it. Like I think we like I think we mentioned this in one of the other podcasts. Oh, I think this was one of the first movies, other than Jurassic Park, that we watched multiple times in the theaters, or at least me and uh, my dad, or well, our dad, whatever all except for Joe's, but, uh, what's it called? <laughs> uh, like, uh, but we watched it, I think three or four times in the theater. And every time I enjoyed watching it, it's probably one of my, like, out of the next generation ones, probably this and first contact are my favorite. So when I was rewatching it, it was like, I remembered everything from it. Like I was like, not surprised. And yeah, it does feel like an extended episode, but like, I just love data in this movie. It's like really sets them like it's hugely about him, it seems like, or at least most of the movies, it seemed like, or at least with the emotion chip and stuff like that that they explained in it. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just end uh, like this movie a lot anyway. So,
0: I, I like this movie. Um, when you see you said data with the emotion trip, I just went all I could think about was Mr. Tricorder. No, Geordie, I have not. Have you? No, I have not.
1: It's <laughs> Yeah, they had <have> some funny <laughs> moments in it. Like that's the main thing. Like it, it's funny. Like even the joke where he sits there and he's like, Oh shit, I finally got that punchline. I finally understand yeah, it. Now. Least... And then <laughs> and then he's like, Huh? It was like, yeah, the story, um, the joke that you told, like, however long ago, of course, because anybody one, would probably be in the right two. mind, be like, what the hell you're <laughs> thinking about this way, like now? Yeah, what the hell?
0: Which, which was funny because he references the Farpoint mission, which was actually yeah, the first ways, episode. episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know what's funny? That joke wasn't in the episode. <laughs> Yeah, it was so they
1: just,
0: Yeah, it must have been something that was told off screen because it was never in uh it was never in um it was never in the, the episode. Uh, I liked it I liked it when I every time I, the only thing I don't like in the opening scene on the ship is when, when Data pushes Dr. Crusher in the water. Everyone's mad at him. Yeah, I thought I it think was that funny shit's fucking hilarious. I mean, I, I was, yeah.
2: I actually, yeah, they're like I actually laughed when when he <laughs> did it, and, and then uh, Jordy gave him like, a reaction that said uh, that wasn't funny, and I'm like, no, actually, to me, it was. I would have <laughs> probably done the same thing in his situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was funny because he said he, she said be spontaneous. What's well, more spontaneous than pushing her in the water? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Especially <laughs> when uh, uh, Worf when fell in, and then they're like, why is that funny? And it's like, oh, okay, I'll just bam. Yeah. And then it's like, no, that's not <laughs> cool, man. <laughs>
0: I actually kind of like the humor in this movie. That a lot of people talk
3: shit S. <S. <S.> about the humor so, you know, and insurrection
1: the jokes Like I actually, the life I actually thing it was and a bunch of the jokes that was and that happened in the movie was funny, just because data, like especially a lot of them were from data, yeah. or at least through him. Because, like, it's, like, totally yeah. new to him, like, doing all the emotions and <laughs> yeah, stuff. being like, it's, I like, actually totally understand no. jokes
3: now. I can do things. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, holy shit, what? He's...
0: Yeah, it was, It. I always thought they were funny, man. I like this movie. It does feel like an episode, but is that, like I said, an insurrection, is that really a bad thing, though? Um, It, it just, to me, like, First Contact's the only one that really feels like a movie movie. It doesn't feel like an episode. But it's also the only one that kind of stands out as far as well, Nemesis does a little bit. But Insurrection and Generations is feels like it's more character driven. Where First Contact and Nemesis are action. Well, Nemesis is character too, but like there's action in all the movies. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. First Contact was like kind of like a Star Trek: The Action Movie. It was the first one I think to be PG thirteen. Where this it feels like an episode because it's talk. It's the characters. Data's discovering emotions and kind of like the BC plot. Um, Picard's the the thing I you know with time it deals with time because Picard is dealing with the loss of Renee and Robert. From they were actually seen in the first episode of season four, family, which was Picard dealing with his aftermath of the Borg. And so, so that was a big loss for him. And now, after when mm-hmm. he dies, there's no and more of course, apart That's the temptation to because stay in he was Nexus he's the last of the movie.
3: all that stuff. It's like theme, yeah, really good. Like a lot of the action is yeah. weird, the <laughs> <was> <laughs> like, good. stuff like that. But the main theme of the movie is pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good theme. Like all the movies have really good themes, whether they, I mean. Well, First Contact didn't really have a theme. It was more like shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Or, or phaser, phaser. Or just
1: showing like <laughs> it was trying to get <laughs> stuff going. Like it, if somebody was going to stop I, it, they had to make sure that everything yeah, came to It pass. was pretty much the border. You know, basic what, time like travel, were, <laughs> time mechanic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was all about I think it was more like action It was supposed to be actiony than like i said character pieces and i think that's what people miss when they talk about like these movies they're they're more about the characters yeah there was action and shooting and insurrection but it was more about the people and what you're willing to do for mortality like we talked about with admiral daughtry sending rafo to and i'm using air quotes when i say this escort the enterprise back it's the same thing here this is all character driven like they try to give Picard action scenes, but he gets his ass kicked oh, like yeah. in every like, scene.
1: of uh, <laughs> him losing is what is, is
0: like Picard Picard going to school, being taken to school by Malcolm McDowell, and that's why he has to go get Kirk because he like I love Picard. I I mean I'll be honest with you, my favorite captain's uh, actually Benjamin Sisko from Deep Space Nine. Uh, but I I like I like all the captains to an extent. Um, probably Archer's my least favorite. Um, she's And Janeway's low on the list only because it's not Kate Mulgrew. It's the writers. They, for Voyager, and that's another story for another day, uh, they were so inconsistent with their character, with her, that she comes off as like bipolar or something. And so that's why she doesn't rank higher. I would love, I I, I feel bad for Kate Mulgrew. (laughs) I just wish they had given her more to work with. But like he had to go get Captain Kirk who's chopping wood, like, like a boss um, in his fifth, like it's before star Trek two. So he's about to technically turn 50 um, by this movie. He's in his technically when he was lost in the Nexus, it's 2293. He turns 50 in 2285. It's eight years later. So he's pushing 60 at this point and he's just going away. And Picard is technically younger uh, I th- I think he's younger because Patrick Stewart was 48 when Star Trek started, and so this was seven years later. So he's actually a couple years younger yeah. than Kirk is at this point, at least. But yet, <laughs> yet he gets what beat by a scientist. Really cool he's a listener because he's an and He's a literature. Basically,
3: it highlighted the differences between Kirk and Picard, which I think was something that that it this did, movie yeah, really but- needed to do. Because, uh, like, they're different. Like, the original trilogy and or the original series and the next generation are, like, so different. And you can do that by watching the shows. But this, like, movie, the tone that says, no, this is different <laughs> and sets the trajectory for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I think- so, yeah.
0: Yeah, because Picard's a diplomat, and he's not—he's not like what Spock mm-hmm. said in the unification two-parter. Uh, perfectly describes mm-hmm. Kirk cowboy diplomacy. Because Kirk could be a smooth talker if he had yeah. to, because he had but the when charm be a He'll kick your butt, but pushed from the soap. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't know this about Kirk. He's supposed to be like a re- like really skilled fighter. Um, like he's supposed to be really good at hand to hand combat, which is, you know, he's a soldier. Cause he talks about kind of being a soldier in the original series, you know, cause like I, I, this is why I love Cisco so much. And this is off subject. Cisco is kind of like an amalgam of like Kirk and Picard. Cisco can be a diplomat and Cisco could kick your ass. And that's, he's kind of like the best of both of them. And that's probably why I really love Avery Brooks. That and Avery <laughs> Brooks is a madman. And I love every minute of it. But, um, and I mean that in the, with respect because uh, I love I love Avery Brooks, um, but Generations I I really do like this movie. There's not a lot I don't like. I mean, um, there's certain things I didn't like, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Stephen, did you uh, have anything well, else that you wanted to talk about that I you mean, liked? In it?
3: it did really well at setting the tone for the series. As that's all, all I really had to say was that it. It laid the groundwork for what was coming next. And were the next ones the greatest Star Trek movies? No, but it it laid the groundwork for some interesting stuff. Uh, First Contact is my favorite of them. So I'm glad we're going to be able to talk about that in the next episode. But uh, yeah. This was really interesting. I have some nitpicks and I'll talk about those in the next thing when we talk about what we didn't like about the movie, but I'll hold
0: off. Now I hear you. Um, I have some nitpicks too. (laughs) Um, I liked it. I think the story was good the whole time, which when I do the trailers, I try to incorporate the theme of the movie in the trailer. And to me, the theme of this one is time. Because Sorin Soren talks about it. Um, kind of hints at it with with his family dying. Um data, time, not he's reached an impasse. He can't grow. And and you could kinda r- relate that into time because he has to put the emotion chip. The only th- I'll get in that as a nitpick, but he has to get the emotion chip in order to grow, yeah, which means to, let go of who to he progress was in and time. He has to grow.
2: New,
0: yeah. Because, something new and um so jeremy what did you like about this movie?
2: well um unlike everybody else here and i don't know if steven had the same opinion but i did not feel it that it was like an over well a long episode like i have the previous couple of movies uh, the insurrection and uh what was it nemesis especially uh nemesis. insurrection insurrection literally looked even didn't only feel like it it looked like it this movie i did not feel that it was a long episode i also felt that it wasn't even it didn't even look like a star trek episode if that makes sense like the cinematography was not what you would it- deem star trekkie i guess is the the term that i would use but um being that i'm not a trekkie the so far this was my favorite of the ones we've watched um uh i there wasn't much that i didn't like um besides uh but uh we'll get into that in the next i guess section that we talk about but but um yeah, I liked every single piece. Pretty much, most of this movie. I, I, when we get to the nitpicking part, I don't know if I have that much, but um, you guys may cover the ones that I had, anyways. But no, but That's I'm just right. saying Even that if we I share them, we can still talk I, about them. I would have to think about things that I would nitpick, but one thing that I would say from my perspective is that I didn't feel that it seemed like a long episode like it seems like a lot of other people did Um, so and like and then part of that maybe because I'm not a truckie so I didn't I wouldn't notice things that people that watch it consistently would notice so um, you know anyways but that's really all I have to say in terms of what I like what I thought about the movie I liked it in general
0: i know i feel you the reason some of the i I can't speak for josh and steven but the reason i say it feels like an episode it's not this it's not the 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 cinematography or the lighting it's it's the story like Like the the scope scope of it for me anyway it's it's the it's the yeah it's like the scope of the story not the cinematography i think this movie looks amazing and the the set that was the cinema the uh, stellar cartography set that was built for this movie. I love that freaking set. That set was really cool. Um, that's like the coolest set in the movie. And every time they, but to me, it's the it's just like the movie Star Trek or the the last two parter, All Good Things, kind of felt more like a movie story, like story for a movie than Generations did. But also in the same vein, I don't think you could get Captain Kirk to be on an episode of Star Trek <laughs> for a 2 parter so. But to me, it's it's more of like the story, as- <laughs> story aspect of you it. I know,
2: from my perspective, but, um, as a, a, and I remember watching the TV show and stuff like that. And I know watching it, there's just a look to Star Trek that I got in especially Insurrection. Like I said, watching that movie, it looked like I was watching an episode of The Next Generation when I watched it back on TV. And the story was still, it wasn't and, movie-esque either. So, and that's where, you know, I could say most of the, you know, the movies are Star Trekky in nature, right, in terms of the TV show. But the look of them and that's where I can, you know, come from. And like, especially with the new ones, you see that big time, like they don't look like an episode of star Trek at all. Yeah. And, uh, the story still could be deemed star Trekky, but they don't at all look like they would be on TV. So, um, and, and that could be the effects and that could have been what started these off. Right. Is that the, the special effects changed that a little bit, but, you know, Direction yeah. was made after this one, so really it was pretty much how it looked, right? So Frakes, I think, directed that one, so he would—he obviously well, yeah, wanted it to look like that.
0: He probably did. I mean, he—yeah, he was the director. Honestly, I think they should have had Frakes direct Star Trek Nemesis. I think it would have been a better film, but because um, he directed First Contact, and First Contact doesn't look. Um, it doesn't oh, yeah. look like it's a super TV, an really episode cool. at all. We'll talk
2: about but, that in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we'll look,
0: talk about the next episode. because yeah, Most of these next, the next I episode don't even is recall first Contact. ever
2: watching them. So, this is like these last three. And First Contact, I'd have to watch it, but I probably have never actually watched any of them. So, um, first first
0: contact is the one that everyone says is like just a lot of people say it's the second best. I can't choose between this and wrath and Con- that one and wrath and Con, I love them both uh, probably equally. Um, but this one to me, I don't, it, like I said, it only felt like a second episode, uh, an episode because of the story. Like it wasn't like this. It's not yeah. like, it wasn't like this mm-hmm. two hour epic is what I'm trying to say. And that's, and even though like it was this important Bridging of the get or the passing of the, the torch, as they say, or passing the baton between the the original series and
2: next gen. Uh, yeah, but we'll get into that. That'll be where my nitpick is. But uh, i said, don't bring it up. So, um. all
0: right. So, we'll start with Josh since you started last time. What were some of your nitpicks, or uh, what did, what didn't you like?
1: I don't know. They look um uh, Picard seemed very weak in the fight compared I mean, granted, they were trying to show like uh how he needed his help to pull this off kind of. Right? I I get that, but that's my main nitpick, is like that like he didn't really do anything. They beat his ass and then the thing went off and then they repeated stuff afterwards. Like, right? Like, after he got Kirk and everything, that's when he did stuff. But, like, it was, like, he didn't really do much at all in this whole movie. And then, so, like, that's the main thing for me. But, I mean, I still like the movie and everything. So, like, that's, like, a minimal thing. But, really, other than that, that's it.
3: (laughs) Uh, All right, Uh, Steven, what were your nitpicks? Is uh, the fact that basically this movie was supposed to be like the passing of the torch from the original series to the next gen as far as the movies are concerned but it seemed to only be a passing of the torch from captain to captain so as you were talking about in the trivia there was like reasons why they couldn't do like the whole crew passing of the torch type situation but basically in my brain like i have a whole idea of what the movie would freaking look like if they could do the passing of the torch situation and that's why like I actually while I was watching this I started planning out like what that movie would look like and now I'm actually going to have to make it into a video for the YouTube channel so (laughs) that's a thing that's going (laughs) to happen
2: sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Joe but um... I you know, you're saying, but how would they have done that without, because it was 78 years later, the only way they could have done it was to connect somebody. Oh, and it, that, you it,
3: know, it, you're going to have to watch the video to find out.
0: <laughs> it was, it was, there there, 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 was, there was actually going to be, there was, there was originally, <laughs> there was originally going to be the whole crew, um, to be honest with you but because th- Ronald D Moore was one of the writers of this movie and they actually well, had like, were they a bunch of stuff the whole, that they were going to do they gonna have the whole crew I think they were going to
2: Nexus then I mean because that was
0: No, then um and, and I don't they never really went into detail what the what the plans were but they uh they they stated that like they were going to have the whole crew and it was going to be like Kind of like a Kurt versus Bacard type situation. I think mean, yeah, they were going to have was, them face off against each other. plans to have it be
3: Enterprise versus and, Enterprise but they, crew but, versus crew, but they couldn't figure out a way to make it not seem dumb
0: and make sense in the world.
2: Well, yeah. I, both I, I,
0: seem like bad uh, guys. Yeah, because someone was going to have to be portrayed as the villain. Well, and the they, they, You can't do that with wacky. both crews. Well, yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been a yeah, time no, travel story, a, like uh, like it kind of was, which is funny because the next movie also deals. with... <laughs> it's a great episode. Yeah, I I love that episode. Um, <laughs> good God, good God, we should do a sci-fi graveyard on that episode and compare it to uh, Voyager's thirtieth anniversary episode. But um, but nitpick, did you have any other nitpicks? Uh, who are you hiring, Me so. or
2: Jeremy? <laughs> Oh no! I that was David. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't yeah. of my nitpicks yet. I was just responding um, to yours. So <laughs> yeah, I couldn't
3: like I couldn't. Yeah. yeah.
0: So <laughs> some of my nitpick, uh, you know, I had them in a moment ago, and when we were talking about what we liked and what we didn't like, um, damn. Yeah,
1: was... there was some.
0: There was some <laughs> Yeah, all my right. brain just took a brain fart. <laughs> um, I, I want to know if <laughs> I want to know if Picard told um, Starfleet about Kirk's body on Viridian Three.
3: Oh yeah, that's something they never addressed at all. Honestly,
0: um, oh yeah, I'll, they they did they kind of address it in Star Trek: The Return, which yeah, is a book. Like, I mean, like wrote, but that's not considered canon, mention. so. <laughs> No, they never ex- ex- explained it. Oh, nitpick. Jordy gets captured, tortured. Uh, there was a deleted scene where Soren started and stopped his heart, like killing him and bringing him back. That's what the nano probe was that Doctor Crusher removed. Why right? the fuck it did they put like, him back a, on duty? You'd be like, yeah. hey
3: man, go rest yeah. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: Yeah. If 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 crusher would have com- confined him to sickbay or quarters the klingons would never have gotten the shield modulation of the enterprise d and why the fuck was that <laughs> displayed openly what? on a display module like, why is it there <laughs> why
2: it wouldn't have made the story there go
0: <laughs> plot convenience the let me yeah let me look at the plot screen all right, it says I'm supposed to display this. Why would I display this? Yeah. But why is it there permanently affixed? Now, maybe, maybe if he was okay, Doctor Crusher, she does a lot of stupid things in the in the show. I love Doctor Crusher, but she does some stupid shit. But like, she she lets him go back to duty. She's the chief medical officer. Yeah, um, she could tell him, "No, you're going to your quarters, buddy." um that's an order she can order she can do that she's a doctor the ship's doctor but uh okay so she 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 pisses that away jordy goes back on duty because of the situation um okay that happens maybe have it where jordy is running a check on the shield's in case there's a confrontation with the klingon yeah, bird of Prey. i know like it's 20 years old it's not the uh, they are the federation and, flagship like
3: while he's doing it it just happens to be that's when they show up and, and it's on the screen because he was doing stuff to
0: it yeah i can see yeah that. yeah he was he was looking at it like for a reason another thing is is uh they they talk about this in the best of both worlds and probably in Q, who? Why didn't they change the shield modulation? Mm-hmm. They know to do that for the Borg. If they adjusted their shield modulation after the first couple strikes, they, they, the Enterprise would have been fine. Granted, <laughs> plot convenience—they had to destroy the Enterprise to, to build the Enterprise E. So, I mean, I guess I can't complain too much because <laughs> yeah, my favorite you wouldn't Enterprise have is the e, if e. They didn't blow up, the but <laughs> <laughs> that sounded worse than I would have the E. But um, yeah. But like, why did that happen? Uh, There were some other things too, but I my my brain just like took a big dump and dumped all the physical memory out of it. Um, I'll try to see if I think of anything else that I wanted to talk about. Those were my two main nitpicks. Um, oh, data's emotion chip. This is the last thing I nitpick. I had data's emotion chip, as seen in the Scent parts one and two and in these episode brothers from season four, that chip was specifically designed for Data. Mm. Like, specifically for Data. Not for lore. Not for B4, who hasn't been created can- canonically yet. Like, he hasn't shown up yet. But that chip was for Data. Like, Noonie soon Soong especially said... When Lord took the chip, this is not for you. This was designed specifically for Data. How did it overload his Positronic Matrix? It was specifically
1: designed <laughs> for him. Process, to his, that's all it is. Like, you know, there's,
2: there's, there's always there's, fuck up. Those <laughs> were like me, my they, biggest nitpicks.
1: I mean, yeah. They, they don't... I
0: mean, and, and to me, that's not... I mean, I'm not even going to consider that a continuity error. Um, but, like, if the, sh- if the, the ship... If the chip was designed specifically for him to have the access to emotions, then then he should he sh- it should he shouldn't have had. May you could still have the problem with him adjusting to the emotions, but it Summer. it fusing to his neural net. You need can't a be hardware engineer stuff, to see that didn't need to happen like or the overload specifically.
3: Hey, you. You did this to a piece of hardware yeah. when you install it. Is there a chance it could screw up? Probably. Or, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, you talk about that. There's no. Yeah. There's no you telling s- that that wasn't. It, for I purpose mean, it's like probably. It, you know, when they designed it, that it wouldn't fuse. I bet you it was designed to do that. And there's nothing. There's nothing telling you that well, that wasn't the the case. Just because the person, you know, jo- was it Jordy? Right. They couldn't remove it, or was it the doctor? I can't remember.
1: Uh,
0: Doctor Crusher, because Jordy was out, of, was kidnapped at the time. Because Doctor Crusher actually knows a lot about Data too, uh, even though Jordy's the one who mostly does any work that Data has requires from damage. Because um, in, but actually, the episode was it Measure Oh no, it was the episode from season one where they find lore, Data lore the person that data confides that he has an off switch to is Dr. Crusher. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. person he tells where, where it is because data has an off switch. And so, um, so she understands like usually in the show, they would have her and Jordy kind of doing stuff. But, um, in the move in insurrection, Jordy was the one who fixed them. And this one, it was Dr. Crusher. Um, who knows who fixed him at the end of first contact. Cause he gets fucked up pretty badly. Um, cosmetically. But that was, those were my nitpicks, the, the emotion chip and
2: the we other things one. I mentioned.
0: Jeremy, what were your nitpicks?
2: And it kind of pissed me off. Anyway, it was that Kirk died. I was, I, I didn't see a reason why. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I mean, it, you, I, they, he could have passed the torch without him dying and going off his merry old way or whatever. Um, but.
0: I think they could have done it without killing him too. I just don't consider it a nitpick because I mean I don't like the fact that they killed him especially like because Kirk's story in this movie is like the retired sheriff living on yeah. his farm getting called back into action one last time. So he gets his horse and he gets his gun and he goes into town to set the town right. And Bacard the new sheriff, so I get that. And that's actually something I read on. Actually, I read that in the trivia. So, so when I yeah, read that, I'm like, oh, the old sheriff. Doesn't that makes to a be lot of Carter sense. In those and those types of movies, I I I, I can't so disagree I with you. Yeah, it's 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 weird because. I don't disagree with you, Jeremy, because I don't want to see. I didn't want to see Kirk die Which either. The, but well, I also understand. Though,
2: you know, at the beginning, you think, he Yeah, and then to see him that he didn't, that he was sucked up into that nexus thing, it's like, well, then he ended up dying anyway. So what the hell, you know? So it's like, uh, yeah. And and that kind of leads me to why did did Picard
0: tell them that his body's there? Because that would have changed everything they knew about what happened to Kirk. Like Spock is still alive and Scotty is still alive.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: At at this point in the in the show's run in the movie. So don't you think Picard should know that Spock served with Kirk and Scotty? And maybe, maybe wanted to tell them. Right. Hey, I met Captain Kirk, he died. It's like
3: he's <laughs> starstruck when yeah. he sees Kirk <laughs> and he doesn't mention it to anybody else. At like, all, what?
2: That's well, yeah, one of those potholes like, that yeah. your other podcast would have been good for, right? <laughs> Just saying, Stephen. Anyway,
0: yeah. But, but like he, but I, I get, I, I don't disagree with you because I didn't like seeing Kirk die, and that's kind of like the hardest scene to watch. Um, I do like his last line, "Oh my," because it was an ad lib by William Shatner saying that's Kirk's response to actually finally going where he's never been before. But I still, I still would rather. I guess it would. I guess it would have changed a lot of the ending if Kirk had lived. Could could that have been rewritten where Kirk didn't have to die? I mean, there could have been a scene with them. Um, being picked up and him interacting with like some of the TNG. Well, I mean, at least at the very least him interacting with uh commander Riker and stuff like that when they're digging through the ready, the ready room. Yeah. It, it feels um, like the only reason photo they album. killed
3: him off was because they had no idea what to do with him at the end of the movie. Like, they're just like
2: it dead, I guess. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, because you guys were talking about passing the torch. That obviously made it inevitable, right? But it would have been nice for them. To it, I mean, he could have retired somewhere,
3: but it, I mean,
2: where? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I mean, they could have had him like he. They could have had him retire and maybe um, How is go Captain back? Kirk? Because he's from Iowa. Kirk's from Iowa.
3: Pension. Didn't he die 80 years ago? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. that's I kind of read.
2: Oh, crap. Anyways, what was Josh's Netflix? Did Josh have any? Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, well, I uh, said he only I, had I, one. He didn't have much. Oh, I that's mean, right. They made him oh, yeah. really super weak. That's pretty much it.
0: That's right. He didn't like the fact that Picard was like Soren's bitch yeah. throughout the movie. I mean, granted, yeah,
1: made- I like Soren he- looked like he was like very smart and stuff, but also at the same time, it's like you do you blow up all these planet, uh the planet and all this shit just to like get into like, the nexus. It seems I like I could a understand lot. if it was just like, to- <laughs> hey,
3: yeah, I can handle Soren, trying- but I can't handle Soren and do the stuff to stop the thing with the nexus at the same time so i'm going to need you to take care of him
1: while i do that yeah exactly like because you think that you think that okay Picard yeah. is like a dude that's probably fought a bunch of people like this is after like he uh did the Borg stuff right so he, he fought yeah. the Borg off and did all this shit, and then he goes into this thing, and then he pretty much just gets his ass handed to him by one
2: guy. Well, it's yeah, you remember, that didn't, that part didn't and change. All stuff. So he still went under that rock to block out the shield and still got shot at. But, so he needed the offset yeah. Yeah, because he, he couldn't he, do I, both of this. He couldn't yeah. distract him to get to the the platform
0: i i th- I like how this movie ends with a countdown if the launch of the rocket um insurrection ends with a countdown to start the collector nemesis ends with a countdown the Thaleron radiation to destroy the enterprise. The only movie that doesn't have a countdown it's the countdown it's countdown, the countdown is is first contact. <laughs> It's Picard versus the countdown.
1: It's the final
0: countdown.
2: Oh, the triple countdown? <laughs>
0: I'm not going to lie, though. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. When I was thinking of the trailer for this, I was going to, like, send you all one, and it was just going to be the song from Hooting the Blowfish. Time
1: while you punish me. Oh, my goodness, Joe. My goodness. <laughs> really trying to go struck for those, those, those songs, <laughs> man. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the well, the, I didn't use a lot of the song. Yeah, but they um, the you uh,
1: even just an inch of that, like just saying like fair, you know, wine fair think.
0: use, fair use for review purposes,
1: yep. <laughs> parody, parody
0: for parody purposes, you you can do that.
2: You can thanks, thanks, Larry. Your for your <laughs> <of> <laughs> thank you of it, and they can't say shit. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah,
3: it's because,
2: because it's, it would, no, yeah. it. You'd have to yeah, copy it. Yeah. Exactly the, the um, same. Otherwise, I can't.
0: Yeah, yeah, if I if I like played like the song from Hoodie and the Blowfish, that would be different. But that's what kept like playing through my head when I was thinking with the right, because this one was a little bit hard. Because it is about time. Um, Soren was 300 year old Elorian. And what Steven said earlier, our Jeremy with the original crew versus the next gen crew they actually decided, yeah, they used Guinan as the connective piece because she was on board the Enterprise. So apparently after Descent Part 2 she went back to her planet then it got wrecked by the Borg and then she left and almost died and got saved by the Enterprise B. So. And that's I I actually, uh, just to kind of circle back I guess because now we're just rambling about different things. I still like this movie. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Is it the best Star Trek movie? No. I don't really... I mean, I think if you're going to look at the three top Star Trek movies, and this is the ones with just... This is one through... What would... was it been 13 films now?
2: This is one through 10. This
0: isn't counting the J.J. The J.J. The Kelvin universe. Yeah, we're not we're not counting the Kelvin timeline. We're talking about the ones the, the original series movies and the next gen. I, I honestly I think the top 3 are First Contact and this isn't in any order. Uh, first Contact Wrath of Khan and Star Trek 4.
1: See, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I don't then, remember if I've watched and, Star Trek 4 or not, so I don't know for sure. But.
0: And you could actually throw you could actually throw Star Trek 6 in, in that top three you could actually move four down one and put six there um, those are those I think are the four best Star Trek movies um, I really don't I would probably say maybe fourth or, like maybe the halfway point would be Generations um, because I definitely think it's better I like it better than well I definitely like it better than five and I definitely like it better than Star Trek I guess maybe damn it does have to be lower on the list just because of Star Trek three, but it's not it's not as bad as people make it out to be. People like the gripe about this movie. I think it's all good fun. I think that the two worst movies are five in the motion picture, and I think all the rest of them have some sort of redeem. Even Star Trek five to me has a redeeming value, and that's gonna and that's mostly because it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, and the motion picture is is the reason why Gene Roddenberry lost so much control of Star Trek afterwards, and probably why. Star Trek got better because when he was in full control of the first two seasons of Star Trek, the next generation, did you notice how kind of bland it was w- except for a few yeah. episodes and look at the motion picture was kind of bland, but then look at Star Trek two through six and then next generation seasons three through seven. And after he kind of got taken out of power, the Star Trek was better for it. Star Trek is currently George Lucas or, a uh, Gene Romberry like, implementation Lucas, a really good, good idea, man. Yeah, But he, he's it, – it, yeah, implementation, and um, I don't believe this so much with Lucas as I do with Gene. Gene, like I've read this and seen this in a lot of different places, Gene likes to believe his own hype, so he would take credit for things yeah. that he didn't create and aspects of the show that weren't his. And so he's he started believing his own hype and I yeah. think that was the reason why the first two seasons of TNG were kind of like uh except for like a couple episodes in season 2 and season 1 and why the motion picture cuz they treat the motion picture as it's only been like a year it's been 18 months so a year and a half after the end of the 5 year mission so we're maybe start uh there's two more years of the mission after the last episode of the original series. So you're looking at maybe three and a half, four years, after, technically, depending on what the chronology says. I'd have to go read it because that, that movie takes place in like 2270, something like 71 or something. And that would put it like, you know, a little bit after the five year mission. And. And who's to say how far they were into the five-year mission after when the show started? So, um, so like, it's you could tell that Gene Ronberry tutored his own horn a lot, and that's why they're drab. I that's why. Sorry, my brain just dumped again and froze. I think maybe I need to like upgrade my brain's operating system. It's like running Windows ninety-five or some shit. It messed <laughs> off um but that's why he that's why those are so drab but i think all the rest of the movies are a lot better i think a lot of people bitch about them but i think they're i mean i get nitpicking obviously we all had nitpicks in this movie but don't nitpick something so much that you can't enjoy it like if you don't like it, just don't watch the movie. Don't gripe about it. That's why I don't watch the motion picture, because I don't like it. Except for the four-minute scene where they show off <laughs> yeah. the new Enterprise. That's Moving the best on. scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, show them. Show them money shots. Oh yeah. Joe, I thought you were watching the motion picture. I saw what I needed to see. <laughs> so, um... My other God. than that... <laughs> um... I like this movie. Uh, this movie, since, since we're doing the Star Trek series, we're oh, not going to yeah. do There's the Rise from the Grave one. stuff with these. This, this is more for like older standalone films. That's going to be older standalone films. Because let's face it, every time Star Trek tries to remake one of their movies, it's The Wrath of Khan, and it's never as good yeah. as The Wrath of Khan. Nemesis was kind of like The Wrath of Khan in a way, and Star Trek In the Darkness. And both of those, even though I really liked In the Darkness, my biggest yeah. nitpick with that was... It wasn't terrible. Uh, my biggest mm-hmm. nitpick was that he was con and I think he should have been somebody else. And that was my biggest nitpick. My only really big nitpick was that everything else I was fine with the, uh, but they tried to, well, Kirk dying and being brought back by super blood. That was kind of stupid, but other than, but that was also linked to him being con. So it's in the same nitpick. But other than that, I enjoyed the film. Um, I enjoyed this film. I, don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was really good. I think it was a good introduction to the crew. It it could have had maybe higher stakes, but then again, Sorn was about yeah, to kill over like, two hundred million people just to, to go fly into an energy heavens, ribbon. So, and I'm gonna kill
1: a bunch of people <laughs> to do it.
0: Yeah, he's I would he, I would have killed two hundred million people to go to to go to heaven and be with my family again, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Oh, one last bit of trivia. I was thinking about this while we we're talking. So, so the science officer on board the Enterprise-E, the girl with the red hair that's talking, she actually was in the movie Aliens, and her character was the inspiration for Tasha Yar in Star Trek The Next Generation. And she actually auditioned to be Tasha Yar, but she didn't get the part, as we know. Denise Crosby did. Um, and she was also the, the foster mom in <laughs> Terminator 2.
1: Nice.
0: So so the a little that bit that's the last bit of trivia. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay.
0: uh, no, she knifes. She uh, they on, don't show no. how she died no, I I think, she, argument, She's she's yeah. killing the de- she's killing yeah. the husband after he's drinking from the milk carton. Yeah. <laughs> Got milk. What did I say about the carton? But um but that's just something interesting that ties her to the Star Trek franchise. Her character was the inspiration for Tashi Yar, which Maybe they should have given it to her. I don't know. I like Denise Crosby, but, um, R was a pretty crappy character, but it's not Denise Crosby's fault. And it's not, it's the writer's fault, but, um, well, I like good. the movie. Any final thoughts from anybody else? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've already said this many times, but the next film is going to be Star Trek first contact in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is just to get, uh, what's considered a good Star Trek film to talk about. Um, it's to me this movie is about i don't really think it has a theme but to me this movie is about maybe meeting your heroes and then there's dealing with your past because of the borg like it, it's 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 supposed to i guess you could say the theme is is moby dick, it's picard's version of moby dick because how far is he willing to go to stop the Borg? but it's to me the message it's like only a couple scene. I mean, I guess you could say <laughs> we'll, it we'll talk about is it actually then. Actually, it's the theme is more <laughs> of a mobile scene for Picard, but Yeah, but we'll talk more about it then. Um, and and then meeting your heroes, because everyone on Earth is like basically trying to slob Zephyr Cochran's knob and he hates it. Uh, then after that we're gonna talk about the last Star Trek film we're gonna talk about, unless I get a wild hair and we do another one. But then it's going to be Star Trek V, uh, The Final Frontier, which was probably, I think, the lowest grossing Star Trek movie. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it was. But those are the next two. Um, so anyway, uh, for Sci-Fi Graveyard, I'm Joseph. And for Steven, thank you for joining us. I hope, see you, I hope you're going to be here for First Contact. And
1: yeah, for Josh out, and Jeremy, everyone. we want to
0: wish you all a good yeah. night. And we will catch you next time. Peace out. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of sci-fi graveyard. If you like what you hear, please check out some of our other podcasts as hosted by the heart of geek. That is morbid instinct wrestling with the willies and screen creeps. You can follow us on social media. We are at the heart of geek on Twitter, the heart of geek on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And when we do stream, it's not very often. We are just heart of geek. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you next time.